millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Did you want to fuck Samantha when you were watching her growing up? Um, I really liked seeing all their tits. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? But today we're asking, who's the bee in apartment Laura Marie? We've got Laura from Sexy Unique Podcast fame here to dish on that bee of bee sex. And she gives an answer for what made her buy with one of my favorite gateways that I've heard in my 100 almost episodes of this gay ass pod. If you missed my Thirst Trap combo announcement posts from this past week, the tickets are officially on sale for the LA and New York shows next month. LA is June 15th, and the lineup is just kind of stupid how hot it is. It's Ryan O'Connell, it's Johnny Sibley, it's Big Dipper, it's Poonam Patel, and other amazing people. Those tickets are live, of course, in the description, in my bio, for the Eventbrite link there. The New York show is the end of the month, June 29th, with pod favorites Grossi Pelosi, Emma Willman, Kevin Zack, the unbelievable Dragon Sisters, which, fun fact, I haven't said publicly, but I did lose my virginity to the boyfriend of one of those sisters, so my little claim to fame. In this week's episode, we talk, of course, about Scandal. I mean, Sexy Unique Podcast is one of the front runners of podcasts dishing on the Tom Ariana breakup. But listen, that's only a part of the episode. So if you're not a Scandal girl, which I would assume most of you are, but I know there's some of us out there that don't speak the Vanderpump Lang, then just fast forward to the like 35 minute mark and we get into Laura's unbelievable reason for what made her be. I hope you enjoy this episode. Get your tickets for the New York show, the LA show. And if you want to watch the live show from last month, you can go to patreon.com slash gay ass podcast to watch that with the ad free episodes and leave a five star review if you enjoy this pod. It's a really great and free way to support the gay ass universe. I love you. How long has it been since I recorded on your podcast? It feels like it was 25 years, but I think it was maybe a calendar year. It was maybe a calendar year, but yeah, I agree. It feels like another lifetime. I think it was almost a year ago, probably exactly. Yeah, it was we're... season nine of Vanderpump Rules. It was right 
before, not right before, but a while, mere weeks before I gave up on that season altogether and never good even reason. finished recapping Can you believe yeah. how far things have come since that terrible season? I honestly can't. And I was even saying to Carrie today, like, I feel... Like I let myself down by losing hope, but they really beat it out of me after seven, eight, and nine. A girl can only take so much. At that point, you were just protecting your heart. And I think you were with the rest of us, which was had given up, but now we have been redeemed. And I guess this is what Bravo fans would call what's it called when Jesus is supposed to come back? Uh, the resurrection. Thank you. I, f- I always forget. Um, the re- this has been the resurrection of Vanderpump Rules, and you on Sexy Unique Podcast have been doing the Lord's work, and for good reason. Your podcast has become on a celebrity level, uh, and it's only oh, thank you. It's only right that you come on this podcast. Carrie was on like I think the first year of the pod, and. I'm just thrilled that we have now had the final reunion of gay ass sexy unique podcast. I know it's been a full circle moment. So I'm <laughs> feeling blessed to be here. And I am too. So let's just make this clear. I do want to ask you thoughts about Scandal. I want to ask about what's about to occur with the first reunion we'll be seeing in mere days. But before we do that, I like to hold my guests to task by bringing up some of their past. And there is a tweet of yours that I would like for you to explain if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm down with this. I'm going to set the stage. It's okay. January, the years of our lore 2022. Okay. You tweeted a singular sentence that carried weight had some reactions, and I want to see if you feel the same. Laura, you said, to know me is to accept that I'd gladly fuck Bezos. Laura, tell me now, do you still feel this way? And if you do, care to defend? I do still feel this way. I was actually talking glowingly about Bezos (laughs) earlier today on the bonus episode with Carrie, Uh, My stance hasn't changed, would still gladly fuck him, would come in as a third with him and Lauren if they would have me. Uh, He's my favorite billionaire of all the billionaires. I I feel like everyone should choose one to align themselves with when the eventual billionaire takeover happens and we become enslaved to them. So I just want to call it now and be like, Bezos, I'm here for you. So when you're the slave of Bezos, is that meaning concubine vibes? You want to be used in all holes? I'm feeling like, yes, like I'm feeling like it's like a Mad Max Fury Road Mm -hmm. kind of situation where you're hooked up to like breast pumping machines or something equally as sinister, but also sexy. So then were you deciding between other billionaires or was Bezos always the one? Because for me, I'm trying to decide who mine is and I'm having a tough time pulling up any that aren't the fucking troll that is Elon Musk. I know. It's like, okay. Your options are pretty limited. Like, you have Bill Gates, who's a no for me. Okay. You have Rupert Murdoch, who I guess, like, he does have some swag left in him. (laughs) But, like, the the dynasty, the kingdom he has built is not so much aligned. Though I do love... Doesn't he own Page Six or the New York Post? I do love that. But he owns Fox News. And, like, that's a little bit much for me. And he's just older, so who knows how long he's going to be around. We also have, um, do we talk about Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett, again, kind of old, though I would like 
for him to educate me on the stock market since I still don't exactly know how it works. Well, now you're really making me understand your viewpoint because I'm looking at these images too. And Jeff Bezos, when it comes to the physicality of these evil people, he does, he's got a bald head, which I've gone on record many times to say I really would love to go. That's me. I love it. Rap, yeah, you know, kind of tapping my my well mm-hmm. various parts onto the, the the glistening forehead. But then when I look at Bill Gates, he's giving gentle Jewish neighbor that I kind of want to understand what the smell is underneath the tidy whites. But again, I keep going back to Jeff Bezos. What about Mark Zuckerberg? How do you think he is in the bit? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know if evil he eyes. He d- yeah, he doesn't give me like fuck energy at all. And obviously Steve Jobs is no longer with, but if he were alive, I think he'd be my one. I know, he'd be a front runner for sure. What's on the gay Apple head that oh, Tim Cook? Is he gay? He's honey, he's gay. How did I not know this? He is openly gay. He's the first CEO of any Fortune 500 company who is openly gay. And he is, I think, a billionaire. I've chosen my top. I've chosen my top bottom billionaire. It's Tim Cook. Wow. This is a big win for the gays. <laughs> I think it this is, This is too. a huge deal. Do the gays know that he's gay? That's a great question. I'd like the, the, the listeners to sound off in the comments. Did you know? I, I think the gays know. I, I Maybe... Maybe. I've never heard a gay man talk about Tim Cook being gay, and I feel like I would have heard that by now. But I also have a problem where I do, I have like the worst gaydar. I never know if a man's gay or straight ever. Well, it's getting like, even I harder never. now. I, I know, by the now way, it's... Matt and I were at brunch this weekend um, in Silver Lake, of all places. And I, I turned to Matt and I was like, the amount of gorgeous straight men who I would do unthinkable things to, they are presenting gay, but I can tell they're straight based on the way that they are avoiding my glance. And that I don't think is okay. Yeah. That's a hate crime. That's a hate crime. And there's more grooming happening, which I'm on, on one side, I'm proud of and thankful for the straight men who have kind of realized that taking care of your body and your visuals are will make you feel better inside. But on the other side of it, I'm thinking, why is there a mid-fade? Mm-hmm. You're trying to confuse me and my under area. Yeah. And I think I process all of them as like, oh, that guy is like clearly gay. Mm-hmm. So... But maybe this is good for me and I can be like less intimidated by straight men now because they're like presenting as gay. So then I think like it's friendly fire. A hundred percent. For you, it's best, best of both worlds, I would say. Yeah. Because you... maybe a lot of them are bi actually now. I feel like a straight men have discovered bisexuality yeah. and are like owning it. They're realizing that like, oh, I could actually just fuck everyone exactly that's what i'm gonna do and that's why i think i when sometimes i get self-conscious about the stereotype of gay men as being like sexual monsters i then take (laughs) a zoomed out take on the cam and i say actually we i am a person who is celebrating my sexuality and also like the natural feelings i feel and rebelling against the straight idea of you're only allowed to be attracted to one person and you're only allowed to be like a quote unquote like respectful fucker. I think the men who are, are realizing they can be bi are identifying with the fact that they are just as horny as gay men and they don't need to be as slut shamey of themselves if they happen to want to kiss a man, feel a beard, or <laughs> suck a D, really. Yeah. 
No, I think so. And I think I would even venture to say that straight men are far more sexually sinister than yeah. gay men on the whole. I agree. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's good. Can you tell me what it's been like as a host of a podcast that does deal a lot with Vanderpump Rules? What has it been like going through this season of catching lightning in a bottle? And then did you feel any pressure to live up to it? Or was it all really organic? Um, It's felt for the most part organic because and I have to say, like, Carrie O'Donnell being my co host has made it so fun. And I can't think of like a more fun person to talk about a show with really like I do. There is part of me that sometimes misses having a rotating guest. But like, He's so funny and we can create these ongoing jokes that continue (laughs) throughout the season. So I love to do that with him. And like, it's been a show that's given us so much material to work with this season. So it's been spectacular. I feel like just the demand for content is so insatiable from the audience. that Sometimes I feel bad because I want to like, like I would love to drop like 10 emergency episodes and blah 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 (laughs) but i can't just like podcast round the clock about vanderpump rules it's not healthy for anyone to think about them 24 7 well you especially because it's not just like you press record and then it's on the in the world it's like there's a little bit of a little bit more of work that you have to like emotionally wrap around this yeah and like i want to get get my point of view all settled and like i want to be able to have fun and like i like it's good also to make people wait a little bit and get some anticipation going. Like, 100%. So I find myself having to tell myself that it's okay, that I'm not like letting anyone down by literally just releasing the podcast that I normally release on the same schedule. Truly. And also, speaking to like the insatiability, if you will, of the listeners and of the Bravo watchers, like Matt will literally be listening to Sexy Unique Podcasts and then I'll see, I'll hear him go to Danny Pellegrino and then I'll hear him go to bitch sesh. And it's like, we're talking about the same episode, but we, but like you want the different viewpoints. And so like, it is so just golden era vibes of Vanderpump that the, cause I try, you know, I, I realized when I was asking you to be on this, this episode, as this podcast has organically grown and moved, it hasn't been too much of focusing in on pop culture specifics. We of course talk about the things that are happening in the zeitgeist and we're speaking to us, but I feel like, like you mentioned on your most recent episode, like straight fathers know about the breakup of Tom and Ariana. Like this feels like a moment that I, I am, I've been invested in Vanderpump probably since the first season, if not one of the first. And so I, I just feel like to have you on is a big, gorgeous get. And I'm so, I'm so thrilled. So that, with that being said, I want to go into a couple questions about how we're feeling. Uh, First of all, you and Carrie have discussed how you think Tom Schwartz is just as bad as Tom Sandoval. In fact, Carrie's mother says that Schwartz is, quote, the axis of all things evil. Is that something mm-hmm. that you agree with? I agree with it. And I almost think that he, in many ways, is worse than Sandoval because Pray he tell. is so spineless and is very concerned with people liking him Mm -hmm. like i think that's the most important thing to him and i think that he hides his true feelings often and then you see it come out in this like really like bad way 
Oh God, yeah. And the thing is that I will I will fully admit that I gave him too much credit in previous seasons. Like I remember when he married Katie and he was crying at the at the altar, and I was like, God, you know what? He is a sensitive, sweet, straight man who just wants the best for himself and his family. And then I've realized that actually by him never standing up for A, his wife, B, for the right thing, then C, he is worse because like his reaction to saying that I'm so worried about the restaurant and then going to his brothers with the gators in Florida, it's like not even putting in the same breath how Ariana is one of your longest friends. And how she's even feeling. It's like, oh, he is showing his true colors. And it's sad because he could be a good guy. But I think he's not. I think he's not. And I think he likes to put himself around the same type of like kind of toxic person. Oh, yeah. Because he can look better by default. And like not I I think I fell into in the early podcasting days and my early days of watching the show in the early seasons. I fell into the trap of being like, wow, Katie Maloney is like the devil. And like, she's so awful. And like, I can't I feel for this man that he has to be with her, which is just like, kind of reflective of just the misogynistic culture that we live in. But then also, it's like, oh, no, that's what Schwartz wants you to think you've played right into his hands because he knows what's going to set her off he will never have her back never once defends her and then keeps like gassing her up when he knows that she's like on one and purposefully like sets her up to fail so that then he looks like great by default and then even post-divorce what really fucking pisses me off is even after their divorce he will speak under his breath you know i never even want to i don't even want to be around you anymore it's like wait a minute you guys are literally not together anymore and so now you don't have to a say that but also like be a cruel asshole it's over Yeah. And if you feel like that, then why the fuck are you telling this person that you also want to be friends with her? Yeah. Like, I don't say that about my friends. No. I don't say that about anyone that I like. And so you don't like this person. You should not be friends with them. And it would be totally okay for him to be like, I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't feel like being friends with you. And which seems like is how he really feels. Yeah. But is too afraid of being perceived as like a bad guy to say it so then he acts fake and says this shit under his breath which in my opinion is far worse i agree it's at at least like like you said when people lie at least be upfront with everything you're lying about and not just like a tiny part whereas he's like pretending that he's a nice person by only showing his niceness and like in ways and then his meanness is coming out in tiny ways no i think actually you're kind of cruel and this pains me to say because i met him outside of tom tom like two years ago and he unfortunately was incredibly nice to us but the way he's shown himself yeah, is so nice when you meet him in person yeah. like and he does have that like kind of like foppish boyish mm-hmm. energy and that smile and he's tall but i think he also knows that and yeah. he's he really gets on my nerves too because he's just failed upwards hmm. and it that strikes such a nerve in me to see like mediocre straight white men in particular just get rewarded for literally nothing 
Well, the fact that you said that he's tall and the foppish thing, I do think his height, my theory is when I met him, he seemed taller than I thought he would be. And that to me mm-hmm. even played into like, oh, wow, he's even more special because he's tall, question mark. I don't know what is behind that, but it's there. I also yeah. want to like co-sign on what you said about how all those men sort of protected each other the jacks the tom and the tom of it all and it that almost triggers me because i sometimes witness either people i know or even some looser friends of mine not really super close friends but i feel like if people are in life if you know people in life who are always complaining or miserable but they're always around the same people that clearly aren't helping in any way to change that it really frustrates me and then when of course my biggest trigger is a straight man being toxic and so to see mm-hmm. jacks and the toms cover for each other and their asshole ways really fucks with my head and the fact that people are now saying that jacks should maybe come back on i feel like i'm still burned from his past behavior but do you think that i mean because i haven't watched jackson britney's re- recap thing because of again said trauma so i have yeah. you been like how what's your jack stance i was really anti and then my friend sierra was like you should watch their recap thing like i just want to show you a little bit of it because it actually is kind of entertaining and we watched a bit of it and then i was finding myself laughing and i think i'm open to them coming back i'm i'm really open to and this is controversial but i think it would work well for the show i'm open to kind of everyone coming back including stassi and Kristen. i mean stassi is someone that i always am like i i actively don't miss her i never really liked her particularly on the show like i understand why people did but she just was never my favorite person so i could take or leave her but if you're gonna have all the others back and like if she would, I'd be like, okay, fine, get back in here. I'm shocked by the Kristen response, how people are so like, my fucking marital spouse is like soaking the couch over Kristen. And I, <laughs> and I'm like, and then he's like putting it on the internet on his Twitter and et cetera. And I obviously support his truth because I'm supposed to. But he, I think a lot of people it's agree a shocking with him. twist. It is a yeah, shocking and- twist. And I feel kind of vindicated because I was like, I thought when they got fired, I thought that that was a very like knee jerk reaction and really putting a bandaid on a much larger like systemic issue, obviously. And more like it felt just very much like Bravo trying to make themselves look good yeah. instead of actually trying to fix a problem. And I believe in that people should bear the consequences of their actions 100%. But I was always of the mind of like, no, 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 no. Don't fire them. You need to keep them on the show. You need to hire Faith to come back. Mm. And then we can like actively deal with this situation and make them like responsible for their choices and stuff while also like giving this other person who, lest we forget, gave us one of the best seasons of Vanderpump Rules season six and then was promptly kind of kicked to the curb or pushed aside. And I always thought I have always been a big faith fan. So I was like, let's get her back in the mix in a real way and like see how this plays out. I think that would be interesting. And then it just kind of like affirms to me that mindset of what Bravo must have been going through like in 2020 that they would so willingly bring Kristen back into the mix I'm like okay well that 
firing really kind of meant nothing at the end of the day. Yeah, how many and seasons? Right when the door is it's like, open. what, two seasons for Kristen to be brought back? Yeah, I think so. And I'm like, like, I knew that it was like that. So, and it's like, anyone really buying and drinking the Kool-Aid that it's like, wow, they're really like putting their foot down and standing up for what's right. Yeah. It's like, no, babe, they're standing up for their bottom line. Honey, like, Luann did blackface dressed up for Halloween <laughs> and she has not had a lick of criticism from Bravo. Like I, that's another thing that has been really getting me lately is the whiplash of the New York of it all, because I've been so burned. I feel by how they dealt with the last season of Roni speaking of their horrible reaction to the racism of Ramona, of, I mean, definitely of Luann, and then the fact that they made, like, Ebony carry all of the burden of of educating these people, and then canceling the show, and then trying to bring it back, and then canceling that, and then now making it a girl's trip. I like... And then putting out the trailer for the new one with a bunch of influencers, and, of course, some people who are going to be great, I hope. I'm, I, I'm not... I actually don't want to shit on the new New York. I just feel like emotionally guarded by it all same i mean i don't envy the position that any of these decision makers are in because it's like it's a tough situation to be in but at the same time like i've never i've never thought that reality television was anything other than kind of like trashy entertainment like the most highbrow, lowbrow sure. entertainment possible. That to me has always made the best TV. So, like, I'm confused by people who act like it's anything other than what it yeah. is, which is like you're gonna watch some really problematic people. You're gonna watch some people that aren't problematic but are just funny. You're gonna like watch cheaters. You're gonna watch like the human, like, race be as human and like disgusting and as great as they are and like that's reality television in a nutshell but i do think the last the last episode of this season's vanderpump if emmys can be awarded i know people have been calling for it like the editors and the cast members and the producers like that was synergy of excellence and that is Mm -hmm. what we like to call in the business storytelling yes it is the highest of the low brow but that was so high low that it almost transcended genre i feel it did they got off their asses and fucking work every single person from top to bottom and like when vanderpump is just like on fire it really is like the team effort but of everyone involved making that show making it what it is yes and that's why as like long time fan i simply cannot accept anything less than the excellence i know they can achieve well i hold them to a very high standard yeah yeah because i love them so much so then if we look to what it's going to happen after we're at this peak of all peaks what do you think is going to happen first of all at the reunion like what are you hoping to see it's obviously going to be explosively edited and three hopefully all three parts it's three parts right It's three parts. And then aren't there like supplemental interviews that Andy did one on one with like, I read somewhere that he did an interview with Ariana with Tom and with Raquel. (laughs) So I hope that that's true. And I'm ready to watch all of that. And there's going to be like uncensored versions right the next day. Yeah, I need like, I want to know all the details of how everything transpired. I want to know what was going through people's heads. I want to know like, I want to play by play 
of all the secrets and all the rationalizations. And I just really want to know like what Raquel was thinking, yeah. I think. Do you because think people, I still don't understand. People have theories that she is maybe on some sort of spectrum or do you think there is something to that or or is it trying to excuse her? I mean, I could see that. I feel like that's also like that's very in the zeitgeist right yeah. now. Like these like especially I've just noticed with women having like late in life like autism diagnoses. <laughs> it's very much trending on TikTok and I mean, I'm not mad at it. I have a brother who has autism and like I get it, but it's it's just interesting to see it come into like we're talking about it like we are now. I could see that. I also just think like maybe this person truly does not know who she is and is overwhelmed by everything that's happened. And like also I think she clearly has some sort of deep trauma that's get whatever patterns like whatever negative patterns you get into as an adult it's kind of like you're always negotiating with like that core wound mm -hmm. in your own way and so i feel like this is that and i don't it's like i'm torn because i don't i want like tom and raquel to stay on the show like i don't think that they should be fired i don't think that people should be fired for like having sex consensually with other people even if it is like cheating on someone like well that's why the show is of... so good is because their behavior is so depraved yeah like that's the secret ingredient is like <laughs> our bad they all people. disrespect yeah and like hurt each other yeah. um on like a visceral level but and i don't I think it's the kiss of death for a reality show when people refuse to film with other people. Ugh. And like, when has that ever worked out for the best? Well, and I like, get Ariana I is, she's having boundaries because she, yeah. she is a queen who is taking care of herself, but it does put her and us in a very difficult predicament, which is if you don't film with the villains, what do we lose? It's kind of like this is the job that you signed up for in a way not to be like so harsh about it but i'm like this is the job like and now the job has some perks but the job also has some downsides and when this is your job like this is going to be one of the downsides well she's and it's at, hard. at quite a crossroads because her career right now and i do mean her mm -hmm. life as a career like dancing with the stars hopefully will happen and she's I feel like some other announcements have been made about her. Like she, there is a world that she decides she doesn't need the show, but yeah. I don't know. And I can see it. that too. Yeah. Like I feel like she is ascending and her star is on the rise. And like the performance in the finale was incredible. Incredible. And that was also kind of like the first time we've ever seen her completely like raw and honest. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like she's spent, a lot of time on the show kind of holding back or being like just not fully participating yeah. and then she was basically put in a situation where she had to fully participate and it was great i was like i've been waiting for this person and i'm so glad that she's like out of this relationship i think it's gonna set her free i mean i could see a world in which she decides to leave the show and become an actress or like do something else entirely yeah. and yeah. i think that now's the time that it would totally work for her 
But then while this happened, this is what I find so interesting is like, she, to her credit, is staying true to herself. She did so well and Watch What Happens Live with Andy right after the... I mean, she's just, she's just killing it. But then on the other side, Tom Sandoval is like doubling down on his bad band. And that is a decision that I cannot understand. Of course, all of his decisions have been horrible. But like, there was a clip recently posted where the vocals are just terrible. I mean, doesn't, yeah. doesn't, doesn't he have someone tell him that? I mean, he's got to stay busy somehow. Yeah. And I don't... No, I mean, I'm also like, is this the best financial decision to no. make? Like, aren't you, you're paying that, that project can't be making money for anyone. From except- someone who has just put up his first live shows for the podcast that have sold really great, but I've invested a fair amount. And if my shows are not making me money yet, the amount that he has invested into that fucking band, he must be losing so much cash. Yeah. Uh, as someone that's also done live shows and kind of gets a sense of the financial bottom line, yeah. and I'm like, we do live shows and split it between two people, yeah. and we're lucky to break even. But like, you're talking about bringing an entire band with you to a show and you're paying that. Like, there's no way. No. I don't understand it either. I'm, I'm worried about his financial future oh yeah well but this is what i want to see i want to see it like i want to see it play out i'm compelled and yeah, you're right to see like the bts of his like financial downfall yeah and like how's he gonna make this restaurant work and what's he gonna do with that house and like how like what's gonna happen with the band and like how is he gonna heal his reputation i think like one of the best things about reality tv is that you can be a villain one season and a hero the next. Yeah. And that is never aside from like true like killing someone, I would say, <laughs> like committing cold-blooded murder. That's like a narrative that's always available to you. So like, okay, this is a great question then. So let's say they all come back. Tom Schwartz aside, who is gonna be the first cast member to go back to to supporting Tom Sandoval? I forgive you. I'm here for you. I'll be friends with you again. Oh, that's a really good question. Who would go back to supporting Sandoval? I think I might have an unpopular guess based on okay, your, your podcast. Say who? You say she's the heart of the show, and she is, I think. She popped into my head first, I but I didn't want to say I it. I think Sheena might be one of the first to go back. Because she does kind of like give people a lot of benefit of the doubt. Like, she does. After, even it when even when she's burned, she's always open to like a trying again. Because I think she's been burned so many times. That's like <laughs> her survival mechanism is like if I if I hold a grudge every time I've been burned, I will be on an island with my Australian husband who finally cut off the ponytail and looks hot. By the way. I know he's so hot. It's unreal. It is unreal. I did not expect this. There's been a lot of surprises, and that's one of the top. Yeah, I'm proud of her. Like, it seems like they're really obsessed with each other. And, like, I'm glad that she got, like, her kind of gorilla juice head, as they would call (laughs) a man like him on Jersey Shore. (laughs) Cheers to Sheena. I know. And I, that is, I, I was like, she was the first person I thought of. But then I was like, no, she's so loyal to Ariana and she she's is. her best friend. But then I'm like, Shishu is pretty forgiving. Shishu, forgive goo, forgive goose. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Oy vey. Well, listen, I could talk to you about this for as much time as the world would give me, but since we are on limited time, I need to ask you the famous podcast question, which leads us to your B of the LGBTQ. Lara, whose fault is it that you're bi? Who do we blame, babe? Uh, who do we blame? Uh, there could be a few people. I think you could blame my dad for... I honestly think you can kind of blame my dad for getting like a divorce from my mom and getting like a really hot girlfriend You're who kidding. was much younger than him. You're kidding. Who was like hot. Yeah. I have never thought about a child of divorced parents dealing with <laughs> their queerness and then a new younger hot person comes to date your parent. And that is a fraught relationship. I think that that's like the first time that I was like, being queer if i really think about it hot for like, stepmommy a little bit or just being like who is this woman like i want to like like she wears thongs and like she's like a barbie doll like it oh it, was, it was an imprinted it was a formative thing i'm not kidding this is like hitting me so hard because it's not often that the idea of a awakening a new idea hits me so hard i just i was so into adults as a child and i never thought mm -hmm. about the relationship of a new girlfriend or 
partner of a parent and what that would mean. Because while my parents had a tumultuous time for a spell, there were never any additional partners brought in. And to think about the fact, and my parents are still together, and they and I give them so much credit for fighting through the fight. And like that being said, if my mom brought in like a PE coach, honey, I would mm-hmm. not need jackandworld.com. I would not need to rip videos off LimeWire. I would just insert depraved thing I would do to his underwear here. Yeah. It's like in the house. Did the um girlfriend have any feeling that you were a little bit juicy over her? I don't think so. I don't even think that I understood that that's what it was at the time yeah, yeah, because yeah. I had also... I think by that time or around that time had also been like kind of bullied at school by older girls who like called me a lesbian once and like after I made like a joke during gym or something and so that really like freaked me out so then I feel like I was like ardently not gay in any way until like much later in life when i'm like oh i'm like bisexual which also just took me a while to like figure out or understand what age was uh your dad dating this hot barbie i met her i think when i was like 13 probably and she was only 12 years older than i was so she was like pretty young at the same a 25 year old age yeah she was 25 and how long did they date they were dating i think for like nine or ten years total maybe even like a little bit longer because i think it was happening before the divorce and then might have happened like a little bit after my like troubled teen era but i was like in therapeutic boarding school so i don't know how long their relationship continued good for you for therapeutic boarding school Mm -hmm. was that like a legit like was it like a boarding school for bad kids vibes yeah, it was like um, it was one of the boarding schools that Paris Hilton was sent to before she ended up at the like really really bad one. Oh my god! Yeah, well, I wasn't there at the same time as her, but it was like a therapeutic boarding school for troubled teens. And was it? Do you now look back and say it did good things for you, or was it a Paris Hilton trauma dump? It was a little bit of both. Like it it definitely was good in the sense that it got me out of where I was in life. Yeah. Like I needed to get away from all of my friends that I had was around at the time. I needed to get away from like doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot. Yeah. But it also had its own set of challenges. Like I mean just the it's like a bunch of weird kind of hippie people who are not trained as psychologists, they're not mental health professionals, and they're doing all sorts of like unregulated therapy on you when you're in your teen years. And like, it's, I think, very unhealthy for a lot of teenagers to go through something like that Uh, at the hands of people who are not equipped to do those jobs. That is what blows my mind the older i get is how many decision makers there are for the health of teenagers that are not equipped to make those decisions do you know what i mean like when i was in fucking high school speaking of pe coaches this is not the hot type it's the asshole type the stuff that he would say to like 
the people like me who were really struggling was so the word I'm thinking of is caustic. Is that the right word? Like really just like brutal. And this example I've given on this podcast before, it's been a while, but I was really insecure about my body and I would change in the stall. Mm-hmm. And at one point, a few of us were doing it, I guess. And then he made a, a made a speech to say, if anybody is caught changing in the stall, he was going to like lower your grade by a letter. To a bunch of like academically obsessed teenagers, like we we're like, no fuck, wait, That's please. So weird, isn't it though? And it's like pedophilia, notwithstanding. It's also like, what is Why wrong with care? you? Why do you care if we are trying to protect ourselves from the assholes we're in school with, including you, sir? Yeah, or like your, it's your body. You're allowed to like change or show it to whoever yeah. you want to show it to, or and guard it as you see fit who am i hurting by putting on my jewish sleepaway camp slogan shirt in the stall and then emerging and being bad at dodgeball like who who am i hurting by doing that yeah that's really bizarre so the fact that you were at this school which i'm sure i'm and i'm happy that some of it was good but then of course like when you think about these non- <laughs> It's really weird too, and and it goes back even back to like the gay stuff. Like the we weren't allowed to have like romantic relationships there. Like it was very strict about like, but in terms of like girls and boys are yeah. not allowed to like pursue each other romantically. Which like good fucking luck telling that to like teenagers at a boarding school. Yeah. A boarding school. Like you're setting everyone up to fail, mm-hmm. but like. So you'd get in a lot of trouble if you like ha- talk to a guy too much. They would put you on ban so you couldn't talk to each other. If you got caught sneaking around talking to each other, you'd get dishes and get like punishment. If you held hands or had any sort of physical contact, they called it a sex contract. Ooh. And then you would also get punished for that. And then they were – and that's all just like with the straight sex that was happening. But like any time that someone – was like found out as having any sort of gay sex like there were a couple guys who were like um out as gay teenagers um but like there were a handful of people that were still i guess like figuring it out or not necessarily identifying as Mm -hmm. any specific way but would get caught in these like same sex like hookups and those were treated like so made such a huge deal out of it it was like so shameful and like i think that just got coded into me too as being like oh my god this is a no-fly zone you're constantly told how horrible. i mean the fact that the girls in your school before boarding school were like calling you gay and that was such a it pinged really high for you and then the code read of boarding school i it's so fucked up and that's i i had a moment today and I, you're affirming this. I was driving from Trader Joe's and I'm feeling like I have a lot of highs in those right now. And we just released the tickets for the New York live show. That's a big deal for me because I haven't done this uh, live show yet there and I'm excited. But then I was having a moment of depression of just like, couldn't even under- explain why I was feeling a little low. Yeah. And then I, on the drive, I was like reminding myself why this has been good for me and exciting is because it is rebelling against those types of messages and even you saying that is another sign from the universe of like how fucked up was it that there was such an alarm bell rung when any sign pointed to you being who you were 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, I assume then you did not have any girl-girl moments because you were so afraid of that, right? In boarding school? Oh, yeah. There were no girl-girl moments there. And then I think it just took a long time. Or I feel like, actually, we there was one night where some of my friends snuck booze on campus. And it was like we got drunk in the like proctor dorm like me and the dorm proctor and my best friend jocelyn and i think in those moments i was like we should all make out like that's whenever that's like when my like gayness would come out is like drunk and being like comfortable then to be like trying something but even into adulthood has just been like i've dated a woman like very briefly but it still is like something that i think i reckon with a lot yeah. just feeling like comfortable and like activated and fe- and asking myself like what like i don't know it's hard to decide i'm like do i i bisexuality is like a struggle sometimes cuz you're like oh am i how bi am i like do i have equal interest Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in both genders or am i like more leaning towards this way or if i lean towards this way does that take this off the table completely and then that feels like scary to me and it also i think really supports the idea of people who come out later in life as any type of queer of having to relearn what your actual impulses are because if your impulses are told that they're bad for the first however many years or decades of your life, you're going to second guess and question so much of those impulses. So then it mm-hmm. becomes like, and I think that's why a lot of us, like me included in my 30s, is having this renaissance of like, I'm proudly putting on the internet when I'm turned on by another guy or like attracted to someone. And like, I get messages of like, is your husband fine with this? I'm like, yeah, he's fine with it. He like, cause he is thirsting over a pottery fag who lives in Australia and he (laughs) should have that right. So like, I just want to validate like, of course I'm sure. And also bisexuality is another (laughs) complication (laughs) because there's a lot of different types of people. At least I'm like, there's a lot. Give me a mustache, either a bald head or not. Give me a happy trail. And honey, we're in business. The answer has been given. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably I'm like even more like pansexual than anything because I'm just like open. Like yeah. I wouldn't limit it to just like a cisgender male sure, or cisgender sure. female. But that's like kind of what I think I buy is encompassing. Yeah. Like I'm not going to get into like all the other things that there's a lot of be. things. And there's a lot of things. There's so many things. Yeah. That list gets longer and longer every day. And I kind of do love to look through on dating apps when it's like, how do you identify? And then you can just scroll and scroll and scroll. Yeah, I was talking. Well, take two. I was flirting with someone at a party recently who we got into this conversation about like what we're into. And he said that he was a demisexual. And I was like, go off. Um, Let's dig in and find out what that means more for you. And I think that like it's... I think the list is getting longer because people are like, like we're saying, realizing more of what speaks to them. And so we're labeling it more. But like, it, I I can only imagine dating apps in a decade. They're going to, it's going to look very different. Yeah. 
I feel like I, and I don't like labeling anything because it feels really restrictive to me. Um, But I do like in Sex in the City when Samantha Jones said, I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. I was like, I feel that. Did you want to fuck Samantha when you were watching her growing up? Um... I really liked seeing all their tits on the show. Like, <laughs> yeah. I really liked it. When Remember the episode when they topless? throw the honeydew melons into the... I loved that. Yeah. yeah. Anytime that you could see boobs on, sec- and on Sex and the City, I was loving it. And I always was, like, hoping to get a glimpse of Carrie's because that she has a great rack. But, but apparently contractually... Really... Yeah. She was a little bit more conservative about showing off the goods. But, like... The episode where Charlotte had to like tell Trey, like, I'm a woman and I have feeling like, yeah. and she's kind of in that negligee. Like, I was just always horny for boobs on TV. Did you like Miranda's boobs? Yeah, I liked everyone's boobs. I was really like, even at like sleepovers when I was young, like when we'd like watch porn or something and it would always be like a softcore porn, like with yeah. Shannon Tweed. And it was like, I think those are the first boobs that I saw. Like you immediately teleported porn. me back to the softcore videos. Cause I remember seeing really bronzed tits. I remember seeing like yeah. really like they're really round yeah, and like big and hard. Yeah. It was like the nineties boobs. The nineties boobs were hard. I also remember Miranda having a really, a strong nipple strong nipple game on Miranda yeah good nipple like the tone of her skin like very creamy oh she's yeah kind of fair with like a pink nipple was hot kind of like a I renaissance like, vibe yeah I was like these are hot women and I enjoy seeing them having sex and it's it is sexy it's sex <sighs> in the city <laughs> and that is our commercial for max make sure you tune in <laughs> to the <laughs> May, 23rd. May 23rd is that the date yeah, I'm like literally. They do have a kind of Sheena sounding voice, like announcing <laughs> Matt. Like I was uh, watching Succession last night, and at the end of it, it was like showed the trailer for the finale, and then it was like only on Max May twenty third because like, <laughs> we're HBO Max. <laughs> she just makes good as gold go for Uber. They HBO. should have her. Like I need like good as gold to get option for like an amazon commercial or something like if i was fucking bezos yeah i would tell him that it's time to give sheena nike pay her because you're just doing it what other what other brands can we do chick-fil-a anything because we're closed on sunday (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the writer's room is buzzing right now and i know we're not supposed to but god that was good i know are we scabs for that we're scab vibes what about um bed bath and beyond because we're liquidating our inventory <laughs> because we're bankrupt <laughs> good <laughs> not good as gold because <laughs> we're not good as gold i would love for it to become like the biggest song in the world it feels like right and then we find out that countess Luann has engaged in self-harm because she's so <laughs> devastated <laughs> which i don't wish on her or anyone um they should go on tour together they, well and i would go for sheena not for countess I've, I've gone on record the cabaret i think is um a federal offense um i need I've never a, seen it oh it's not good i need to ask you another podcast question because i haven't yet uh, fulfilled my contractual obligations by saying if the world was ending you could only save one character actress who would you save Oh my god, one character actress and that's it. I'm gonna go with Rosanna Arquette. 
Oh, a first. I'm giving a round of applause because when a guest says a character actress who has not been referenced, they get applause. Can you give me the, the elevator pitch as to why she popped up into your head and why did she speak to you? <sighs> she really... Like, Pulp Fiction was one of my favorite movies growing up, and I was, like, really influenced by her character Mm -hmm. in that, and I just think she's really cool and underrated, and I like her vibe. Are you attracted to her? I I don't mean to ask the gross questions, but I'm curious. I'm not not attracted to her. I'm attracted to her, yeah, like her energy and just like her look. And I think she's cool. And I also wanted to choose someone that was like niche that probably wasn't like shouted out. And she popped into my head and I was like her. She gets it. And by the way, you nailed that answer because I'm looking at her filmography too. And just like it, there's a picture of her with blue hair on a red carpet, which we support. She's done Pulp Fiction, Desperately Seeking Susan, the whole nine yards. I mean, it's giving, it's the L word. She was on one episode in the new gen, the generation Q one that uh, happened. I mean, she clearly likes our people and is one of us. And I applaud you for giving that answer. And I thank you for that. Yeah. And she's just like, cool she 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 just reminded me of a an in-law of mine my um my husband has like a great aunt who showed up to our wedding she's like a very southern i would say quite conservative based on her facebook and she showed up (laughs) with dyed hair i think it was some sort of like purpley moment and oh, I, love, I love it when the ladies go like in a you? different hair color and like a older age. Yes. Yeah. And can it's, you just imagine this woman in her bathroom knowing that she's about to be at a gay wedding, probably for the first and only time in her life. And she said to herself, I'm going to drag out the blue for the dolls and I'm going to mm-hmm. make a statement and I'm going to enter this gay wedding and they're not going to gloss past me. They're not going to say she's just an old woman here. They're going to say that she is fabulous and she really knows how to dance to the lesbian DJ. And I think she did that. And I want to, I want to give her those props and um, thank her I for that. And she served a look. She served a look at her great nephew's gay Jewish wedding cool oh my god what a sweetie and by the way you are you you've been such an amazing guest this week and i'm so thrilled this happened before we have to close this out i need to ask you the final podcast question i did not prep you on which is what is the best Whoopi goldberg film oh sister act one and two by far Snap, snaps, and snaps. A perfect answer after perfect answer. My favorite of all time is two, and you have mentioned it, and I thank you for that. Yeah, I think I watched two. I want to say, I actually don't know what order. I probably did actually watch them in order, but God, the 90s were so good, and it's a very rare occurrence when the sequel is better than the original, and then that happened time after time in the 90s. Like, Wayne's World 2 is better than Wayne's World 1. Great ref. There's even, like, another sequel, and it's escaping me now, but, like, that was, like, a recurring theme. Oh, yeah, it was much more prevalent then to uh, improve upon the original, whereas now we get alarm bells because we're worried about what they're... And by the way... I don't know if it's still happening because, again, I have trust issues with a good thing. But, like, Sister Act 3 apparently was going to go into production or something. And, like, I can only hope that... (laughs) 
it's just not amazing oh god I can't wait for it's scary. Yeah, it's scary. I'm scared, and I'm scared, and I feel safe saying that in front of you. And I want to thank you again for coming on this gay ass podcast, Laura. Where can people follow you? You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Sometimes I'm on TikTok at Lars Marie, um, and listen to Sexy Unique podcast. Listen to my other podcast, Too Niche, and you can also. Listen to my passion project, Saving Sex in the City 3. I've listened. I'm a fan. And I'm so glad you plugged because people absolutely should. Thanks. It's one of my favorite things that I do. And it truly is just like for the lols. So, um, (laughs) yeah. And that's coming back. I'm recording episodes now for like a new season of that. Hell yeah. Well, here's to following the laws and being the bi badass bitch you are and to hopefully you coming back on this podcast again in the near future. And I'm such a fan. So thank you. Thank you. The feelings are mutual. If you enjoyed this gay-ass podcast and you've not left a five-star review, I would love for that to happen. Uh, I just want to read one that I just got a few days ago. It says, This podcast gives me cozy feels like Ina Garten does. God, to be in the same breath as that fucking queen. A dream on this Wednesday. Leave your own review for five stars if you wish. And get those tickets to the live shows June 15th in LA, June 29th in New York. And if you liked last week's episode with Joe Hedges from Good Children Podcast, Joe and Andrew are both going to be on the lineup for that New York show as well. God, it's all happening. I'll see you next week for a special surprise. And I'll see you IRL next month. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hey Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.